Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to the Service Legend Podcast, a show for home service business owners who are looking to dominate their market and see more profit, more freedom, and more impact from their services. Hey, I'm your host, Ryan Davis, CEO and founder at Service Legend and Cardinal Concrete Coating. Each episode, I'll be interviewing home service legends, industry experts, coaches, consultants, software companies, and a whole lot more. See you guys on the podcast. All right. Well, here we go. Welcome back to another another episode of the Service Legend Podcast. We have a real treat for you guys today on episode number 62. Juan Shapiro, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ryan. Pleasure to be here. We were chatting before, uh, just, just now. I'll intro you here first um, from my perspective, because what you've done is pretty cool. And I've researched quite a bit. But the co-founder of G-Maids, cleaning G-Maids. over 25,000 homes in Dallas, um, Correct. And you've been in business how long over there? Nine, 19 years now. Pretty incredible. Featured in uh, NBC5, Forbes. Juan is uh, also the force behind Pipe Hire, which we'll dive into that a little bit more today. Reshaping home service management beyond business. He's leading the charge with the remote made movement, redefining the industry. I want to learn more about that. Um, before we jump into all of that, if you could just give us a little bit of context to the cleaning business, what was going on there, and kind of what led you to Pipe Hire. Sure. Well, uh, I moved into the U.S. around 18 years old. I went to to study, you know, home, uh, you know, a mechanic to be a you know car mechanic back in Houston, but I was not able to work once I finished school. Uh, this this college lost my paperwork, and I really, you know, became. In, I, I fall into an, uh, an illegal kind of situation because I wasn't a student, but I wasn't. I didn't have a visa to continue study. So I end up basically, uh, you know, going into like AutoZone and you know O'Reilly's and just step out there on the parking lots and offer how to you know fix cars and change brakes and change oils. And that's kind of was how I got started working in the U.S. During those you know tough months, uh, somebody said, "Hey, why don't you come in and sell uh, you know products?" cleaning products you know you can make more money if you can sell repairs out here in the in the hot weather <laughs> maybe you can sell cleaning products for us well that ended up being amway you know the multi-level uh, company which then i enter into that world and started you know doing amway stuff unfortunately nobody really you know signed up with us it was very tough but i learned how to sell and i learned how to communicate and thus uh during that process, one of those people that was doing Amway, they were uh, cleaning homes. They were, you know, selling cleaning products and they were cleaning homes as well. So they introduced us to, hey, why don't you clean homes? Me and my wife say, yeah, okay, yeah, let's make it makes more sense. It's in under AC. We can make more money. So let's do it. Basically, that's how we got nice started too, cleaning right? homes. The uh-huh. AC is very nice too, I imagine, versus the parking lot. <laughs> oh, totally, especially. In Dallas, you know, hot and cold, extreme, extreme opposites. So we kind of started cleaning homes that way. They trained us one day and then we started posting flyers, putting business cards out there. And eventually some people called us, 
maybe one client or two, then they refer us to another. And we kind of had our, you know, our, you know, our weekly kind of was booked. Me and my wife, we were 18 and 21. So that's how we started. Uh, but during, while I was cleaning homes, I was always listening to books and podcasts back when you needed to drag the files to your MP3. This was again, 20, almost 20 years ago. And that's how we started cleaning homes. Eventually, you know, about right, about year five, we, we got tired of cleaning homes. It's, it's hard on your body. So we started hiring people and, uh, we were back then reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, uh, that book. And we say, Hey, why don't we try this book and, uh, leave somewhere else while running our maid service? Mm -hmm. So we went back to Colombia for a year and tried to run the business from, from Colombia and it wow. worked. Then we say, Hey, it's too far. Let's, let's stay closer to the U S. So we moved to Florida and kind of worked. That's been already 12 years since we're in Florida and started just to implement a lot of remote stuff, you know? technology processes and we tried to really build a remote cleaning business uh back 12 years ago when it wasn't very popular fast forward now obviously we were able to make it work you know we started with about a hundred thousand in revenue back then when we left to colombia we you know by 2018 we reached about a million in revenue and that's where i started to kind of find the the issues of growth which was mm. in employees so 2018, I, you know, my, my web developer that was doing my website, told him, Hey, can you help us build some type of tool to continue the growth? And, um, that's kind of how Pipeheart was created. Just, you know, scratching our own itch. And, and it's been now about four years, three and a half, four years since we started it. Cause we first tested it in our own company. You know, we, we really initially built it just for us, but some people that I knew in the industry, I show it to them. They liked it. They say, Hey, can I use it? I said, not at the moment, <laughs> just for Gmate. But you know, two years later, we release it to, to the public and March, 2020, uh, that was when Pipehar was, was created. So that's kind of how a quick story from cleaning to software. Yeah. I love that cleaning to software pretty efficiently, which is pretty cool. Um, I think some of the best solutions come out of pain, right? You know, it's yeah. like, and it sounds like the same for you where, you know, is the pain of, okay, I want to run this business. I want some freedom back with my family. We'll go back to home, right. come back. But what really created some freedom for you was, was the people, you know, it seemed like the people right. and the systems and obviously software, but the people really, it sounds like worked for you to get into, you know, some practical things here. Um, by the way, I want to mention, um, you were in the heat in the parking lot trying to sell some things. My first sales job, my first real sales job ever mm -hmm. was selling cars in, um, in Arizona. And, okay. um, the first day it was in August of, uh, this was like oh, 2014, gosh. I think something like that, but it was in August. It was like a hundred 17 degrees outside oh. and i walk in the first day and i have like three hours of like office stuff and he goes go out sit out front and it's called on point and just wait for somebody to show up right and i had like a dress shirt on a tie a dress oh, pants gosh. and i'm like <laughs> and i was just sweating bullets you know for like hours and i'm like man like what is this you know so i know you know i know that feeling of it's hard going through the thing right um yeah. But, um, you know, about people, you know, I love talking about people. I love talking about recruiting and hiring and things, these types of things. When we look at 
hiring people, you know, right, you know, it's December 12th going into uh, 2024 here very, very soon. What are some things that we should be looking at in terms of screening people or, or, uh, you know, is it disc assessments? Is it Colby? How long should we take? Like, what is the kind of the process or tips and tricks for you as we look at people that we want to bring into our business, but from like a screening standpoint, or kind of that, 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 that higher slow kind of standpoint? You know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, tests are great options, definitely, but you first have to go to the basics. What's the basic is really your job offer, your job offer, how you write it, the values, anything that you're conveying in that piece of copy is really critical to start attracting the right people. When you attract the right people, you're 80% of the way there because uh, everything else is going to make it so much easier. So we recommend, obviously, you know, starting with your job offer and then moving into having uh, a careers page or, or jobs page where you have all these applicants land and then read through your job offer again, read company values, see who's behind the company, share about, you know, company's objectives, values, etc. So now these people that you're paying for to attract, then will land on this, this page and they can identify with your company and say, yeah, let me apply. I like this company or definitely is not my company because the main mistake I see people ha uh, making now is that they just receive the applications on Indeed and they start scrolling through these resumes, these PDFs, and then say, okay, I like this one. Let me contact this person and then send an invite or reach out. And that process is very time consuming and you're kind of shooting in the dark. You don't know who they are really. You don't know if they're interested in your company. They were just people that showed interest because they put apply on, on Indeed, but the Indeed application process is so easy that it requires no effort. It's like two buttons, um, right? It's like boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great for Indeed because they charge per applicant. So it's perfect for their business model. But for the business owner, it's not great because now you're, you have a hundred names that you have to decide if you reject, if you keep, and then you're now in this process of looking through applications constantly, constantly, and trying to find out who's ideal. And that is what's causing the most lost in companies, you know, ad spend time resources versus starting with your copy and then bring them to your site. And at that point, they decide if they apply uh, or not. And that is really kind of, for me, there's a very basics for, for attracting the right people. So it's getting them away from the hiring platform and, and, and getting them in, in touch with us, like our website, what we're doing. Correct. It sounds like a lot like marketing, right? Where you have like cold leads, yeah. right? Generate leads on Facebook. It's like, you know, someone's scrolling at, you know, they're making dinner and it's like, oh yeah, click, click lead. Right. Well, it's like, is that a lead just yet? Um, Correct. And in marketing, we talk a lot about lead nurturing, right? Lead conversion right. and sales. But in recruiting, I don't know, for me, man, what I see is like the recruiting world has changed and it's more like marketing, you know, yeah. um, and it's marketing to your internal customers, not just your external customers. And I feel like back in the day, it was so easy to hire people. And now it's not. Um, what do you think has shifted in the marketplace for that to be a reality? Sure. I think people have more options now to work anywhere, anyhow, any, you know, online, remote, or 
just you know at home or drive an Uber. There's so many options for them to make money, especially in the segment of kind of blue collar workers where we're after. So they have so many options. So you know they're not worried about not finding a job tomorrow. Mm. So they can quit here and then find another place. And you know the gig economy has impacted this tremendously because you know there's Uber, but there's a lot of other things you can do. You can drop Amazon boxes. You can do so many other things that are just a cell phone and your car, and that's it. And so I think that has made recruiting so much harder because that is the same group of people that we're after. So uh, that's that's why we, we kind of need to focus off. This is not just a gig job. This is not just a quick money. We're trying to have to build some type of career with them, some type of you know impact in their lives, uh, having them grow in their income levels. So it has really become a full-time job to find people. And, you know, I see it every day in, you know, from landscaping companies, cleaning companies, HVAC, everybody has to now really build this career path towards, mm. you know, something is no longer just make a paycheck and, you know, we're happy. It's not that way anymore. Yeah. And speaking of that, and with that in mind, like what are some things that people are doing to recruit better? So I feel like, you know, in marketing, if you think about like, you know, just Cardinal, like a brand, for example, Mm-hmm. Yes, we can land more clients because we have a better brand right. and everything is uh, in alignment. Everything is seamless. Um, our yard signs look the same. The website, the brochures, everything looks the same. You know, there's a lot of uniformity, you know, if you will. Yeah. And I've noticed that help in our recruiting. What are some things like that that help companies recruit outside of a software, outside of, you know, Indeed? Like, what are some things that you see work well for a company to recruit good people um, that they can do probably with just effort and energy. Yeah, something that most people kind of forget, uh, you know, once you cover all these basics indeed and you have a good brand, you have a good message, now obviously, you know, it's time to put money somewhere out there to bring applicants. Uh, an overlooked area is YouTube. You know, we're always after just a regular Indeed ad or Facebook ad, but a YouTube video uh, has worked well for us, meaning we, we create a video showing kind of like a day of a day of a, a cleaner in our company you know jumping oh. into a car cleaning the home getting home and all this day basically of someone we have a video about that that has you know has done well and i don't see many companies doing video very few very very, very few and you know it's technically you know it's not expensive it's you know takes some effort to shoot a video it takes you know doesn't have to be a bad video or homemade. It could be a better quality, but definitely that shows what is the job like. You know, we have a lot of applicants that they never done the type of jobs that, you know, we're looking for. So we really want to give them an overview of what they're going to experience on their day to day. And that usually when you put that video on your website, you have a good form. Obviously that video is going to help convert those visitors into applicants because they're going to say, hey, this is for me. I like it or definitely not. So again, you're filtering, you're showing, and then those people that apply there with all this information are more likely to become employees because you kind of, you've been nurturing them mm-hmm. and they will say, you know, I, I like this company or I don't. And, and I think that is something that, you know, most companies are not doing any, any YouTube videos. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, like the power of social media, uh, it's not just for getting leads. It's also for getting right. applicants, you know, and people to work for the business. Um, 
Yeah, I love I always, that. I always say that we, we as you know, in the home service companies, we have two funnels, really, one for clients mm -hmm. and one for employees. And when we're able to orchestrate those two funnels and keep them with constant leads, that is about 80% of the job that we have to do in our business. What is the remaining 20% is really doing the job that we were hired for, you know, painting the mm -hmm. house, fixing the AC, cleaning the house, whatever is the case. But, you know, as business owners, if we can solve those two funnels and in the middle, you know, the actual job, we're pretty much, that, that's really the whole business. Yeah, it's finding customers and then finding people to serve those customers, you know? Um, Correct. It's a little bit of a magic, uh, game. Um, yeah. and I think have done well because, you know, we talk a lot about systems as well. You know, we talk a lot about systems and, yeah. um, a lot of people talk about systems run the business. And I think most people know that systems don't run the business. People run the business, but you can't have, you know, systems without people can't have people without systems, but people run the systems in the business. Um, right. and I love what you guys talk about here. You know, I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm going to go back real quick. You sold uh, cookware door to door, right? When you were 18? Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to chat about that real quick. So um, yeah. how did that experience shape your approach to entrepreneurship and and kind of what lessons did you take away from that that experience? Oh, it's huge. I think that was the hardest hardest things I've done in as far as sales, uh, because I was, you know, still, I was, I was studying for, you know, my, my career, which is, uh, auto mechanics, uh, and this was Houston. So I, I had to go to these, you know, you know, apartment complexes and just knock on doors randomly. And I was carrying a box, you know, like, uh, those plastic boxes that people have, mm -hmm. like they're, they're clear color. And I had my cookware there. <laughs> And I had to knock on the door, get in, cook for them, a sample, <laughs> a sample like a pie. Wow. <laughs> Imagine this. And then sell them a $2,000 <laughs> set of cookware. That's it pretty was, easy, man. That's easy. That sounds easy, right? <laughs> it, it was crazy, man. And, uh, you know, these people usually didn't have any money. So we were getting them in debt, which is, I mean, pretty, pretty sad. They had to pay their credit, use the credit card or use this company, you know, credit. So unfortunately it was mostly targeted to Hispanic families that were kind of looking to, to get into a good cooking set. And, uh, but that was the toughest sales job I ever had, which, you know, said, if I can do this, I can do really anything else as far as sales. Cause you know, you will not find many people selling, cooking mm -hmm. on the same spot randomly in a house. Very tough. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, you hear the word no a lot, I imagine, when yeah. you're doing that, you know? Um, and, you know, I think what's interesting about business or sales is you get the word no a lot more than you get the word yes, you know? Correct. A lot more. Um, and one thing I, you know, I love about the Mormon uh, religion is they, you know, they force, well, they don't force, but, you know, they have everyone go door to door, right? When they're, when they're 18, 19, 20, 21. On Saturdays, yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of cool because they're young adults that are hearing the word no, they're getting rejection, they're communicating yeah. with people, they're persuading people, they're out in the in the world talking to other human beings and getting those interactions. I think it's amazing, um, kind of an exercise, um, which is kind of what you did, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I see them in my neighborhood. I see them in my neighborhood. I said, wow, these guys, you know, are doing this out of just love, you know. They're not getting paid. They're 
just there to share, you know, the message. So yeah, I, I really admire them because uh, it's it's very hard to get people. You know, people are always <laughs> on the fans for anything now. And uh, back then, people were more used to opening doors. You know, mm -hmm. twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's like they might have a gun behind the door. Yeah. <laughs> so it's even harder now to knock on doors. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I love that story because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that are successful have a similar story. Um, doc, you know, just knocking on doors, um, doing something along these lines. So yeah, um, I don't think it's a, you know, a coincidence that, that you're doing <laughs> what you're doing now. Um, so I'm kind of curious um, with recruiting. Let's go back to recruiting a little bit. Um, yeah. What are some practical actionable steps that we can take you know let's just say for example a lot of people that listen to this this episode or this show are going to be probably doing between five hundred thousand to three million dollars a year it's kind of what we found is a big sweet spot um mm -hmm. and obviously usually when you get to that million dollar mark 1.5 recruiting and people are just you know it's the core of what's going on you know because i think a yeah. lot of companies can get to a million by themselves with you know one two three four people you know their spouse um they're really good at sales and marketing right. but once it gets kind of serious like oh shoot it's a million 1.5 coming in a year yeah. i need some people um, what are some actionable steps going into the new year that we can focus on? Is it spending more money? Is it is it using a service like you? Is it is it finding a partner like that and kind of taking recruiting off of our plate? Kind of like marketing, right? Where a lot of companies need to offload marketing to a marketing company. Yeah. Should we be thinking about offloading recruiting to a marketing or like a recruiting company? Should we be budgeting? Like what should we be thinking about if we if we know we need people going into the sure. new year? I think the first steps once you kind of ready to grow is to have some type of HR manager in your office, somebody really focused on hiring new people, interviews, but also retaining people. Also mm. keeping those, those that you hired, keeping them in the company, keeping them engaged, doing activities for them, doing, you know, social interaction with those teams. That way you're building upon, you know, a solid, uh, you know, rock and you don't have a leaky bucket because that is a problem sometimes we're so focused on hiring looking the new employees but we forgot the current ones that we have so you have to kind of first make sure that you have a retention strategy for the current employees so hmm. you don't have this leaky bucket and then now push the growth stage with you know a hiring manager somebody completely focused on this position at a million and a half in revenue you should have you know enough budget to pay for somebody that is focused on people and remember you know hiring really as i say sometimes people see it just as a, as the, as the tip of the iceberg but when you look underneath the water there is you know the iceberg is huge underneath and then you have all the management area keeping up with birthdays anniversaries you know pto all this you know stuff that happens in the management and then at the even at the more in depth of the water there is the management uh the retention part so hiring management and retention is really like the huge iceberg that normally we're just thinking on above the water right hire people hire people but in reality there's more behind it uh, underneath the water that you need to take care of so that will be my first uh recommendation you know find uh, the hr and have some really good retention strategies so you can continue to grow yeah that's a big one because um we mentioned that people run the business not systems and I love the retention part because, you know, I mean, I can, you know, I can tell you that I've been, you know, I've been in, you know, an entrepreneur or business owner for, you know, for five years now. 
And mm -hmm. we've, um, you know, before that, um, never had any schooling, you know, any, you know, any, um, professional, uh, you know, experience of running a business or anything like that. And one thing that I learned over the past five years is the, like the A players, like the, like the solid employees that, you know, the A players that want to do a great job, want to crush it, want to grow their career. They need to be managed too, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think one of the mistakes I made is thinking that, you know what, things are going great. There's amazing benefits. There's great pay. They're never going to leave. Right. And, no. and, and, and kind of like offloading the relationship side, putting that priority to the side, you know, unintentionally, but, um, yeah. could you talk about retention a little bit? I think that's an amazing one because yeah. we're ending a year. And I think going into a new year as business owners, we're thinking about our business, our family, our goals. Well, our team is probably thinking about the same thing. And, they're yeah. probably thinking about what did I get paid this year? What benefits did I have this year? Oh, I saw this thing on Glassdoor I, or, or I saw this Facebook ad or my friend is doing this now. What are some things that we should be thinking about, you know, in terms of retention or what, what are some actionable steps that we can take to help retain our clients um, or sorry, our, our team members going into the year? Yeah, definitely. The, the, the glue of retention is relationships. You know, company or employees tend to stay longer with, you know, employers when they feel they get more than a paycheck, where they feel they're learning other things they are getting, you know, other experience. They feel like they have relationships, they are valued. But sometimes, uh, you know, once those are checked in your head, now then comes the part of, do I feel happy in this company? Am I recognized in this company? So when you have the financial part in, in, in place, you have to focus now on, on really building those long lasting relationships, which, you know, as CEOs, sometimes our owners, we don't have the time. That's when the HR manager comes in place and, and mm. really builds that team and makes activities, makes barbecues, just all these kinds of things that when an employee thinks about leaving this company, they are going to think hard on it. Mm. I'm leaving my friends. I'm leaving a good paycheck. Why? Well, maybe they're moving out of town. That's fine. But when you put all that in, in, in the mix, it's hard for them to leave. Obviously, they will leave at some point, but you're looking to extend the, mm. you know, the amount of years they're with you. Uh, most service companies, you know, one year, year and a half, it's kind of when you're starting, you don't have much experience. But once you can keep people for three, five, 10 years, you know, you're, when you remember when you paid, I don't know, X amount of dollars for training, for tools, for ads, for your acquisition cost. When you look into, you know, five to 10 years, all the revenue that that team brought into your company, you know, it's very profitable at that it's point. It's very profitable, correct, you know? when you look into that. So, you know, because it really boils down to how much I'm paying to get a new employee and a new customer. There's a, there's a cost. And, well, I heard, uh, um, I mean, I'm kind of curious if you heard this one, yeah. but yeah. I heard it was like $40,000, like up to $40,000 it could cost to get a new team member because you offload the current one, you retrain, and how long is it going to take? And have you heard about yeah. that? Depends on the industry, uh, definitely. There's, you know, more expensive ones, but yeah, I mean, in our case for, for home cleaning, you know, it's around three to five K to really bring somebody on board them, train them tools, everything. So if they last six months or a year, you know, it's really, yeah. I mean, like if you're, them. if you're, if you're churning these employees, you know, like right. for technicians, like for concrete Correct. coating made, like, yeah. you know, let's say you churn three employees a year i mean you're talking about ten thousand dollars that could have went to your pocket or went to yeah and that's a minimum probably yeah you know, I, I actually have on my pnl 
a line called, uh, you know, how much is called training, recruiting fee, something like that, which tells me how much we've spent on training people that never worked, that were hired and suddenly three, four months they're out. So I'm tracking that line because that tells me if we're improving every year or we're getting worse. Because if we keep seeing this number going up, means that we're spending a lot of time or a lot of money on people that are not staying in the company. So we're tracking that, you know, and QuickBooks as well. And you're constantly behind the eight ball because the hope is that, you know, I'll get these team members and we'll get our, you know, our feet on the ground and like we can actually start attacking this mission. But that's what I noticed too, is when you're constantly have new people, you can't really make any improvement because you're just no. teaching them stuff that, you know, it was three months ago, you know, and so you can't move forward, you know? So I love the retention Definitely. part, you know, and I yeah. know we talk a lot about new people, but I love that you mentioned the, you know, the hiring management retention uh, piece. Um, yeah. And I love how you kind of talk about retention from the very start of bringing people on too, is, is that's a part of the component of success. Cor for correct. I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really from, the very beginning until they leave the company and most companies are just focusing in on let's bring more people more people more people but they completely forget it, the rest of it and, and that's when they're seeing constant churn and you know when you have a lot of churn you have also customer churn dissatisfied customers they say i want the same people or you know you're not sending me good quality yeah. workers so keeping them in your best interest for 2024 keeping those employees employed in your company is the best investment because they are already there. You're already working. You just want to keep them in house and keep bringing more of these people. So you, your revenue increases, your net profit also increases. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious. So, um, I'm a very curious person. So, um, you know, you know, I'll go around this, but, uh, very curious. So when do you think the right time is to hire? Like, how do you know? when it's the right time to say, you know what? I need somebody like, is it, do we wait for pain? Do we wait for issues? Like, are we reactive? You know, like I think the, most of the market is pretty reactive with hiring. Yeah. When do we know we should hire as a, you know, as a small home service company? I usually see it in two, two, two moments. Uh, one is when you're rejecting a lot of work, you're just staying, telling clients, I'm sorry, I don't have room in a month, in a, whatever. You're pushing a lot of customers away that mm -hmm. way. So that is a good moment to really be hiring, but that's already late. When you're rejecting revenue, you're already late. <laughs> you're now, rejecting you, money, right? <laughs> you're rejecting money, yeah. So now how do you event, how do you prevent to reject money? Then you have to be always ahead of hiring. And to be ahead of hiring is to every every month continuously find you know, interview people and hire people. Obviously, winter season, it's very hard for a lot of businesses. There's they cannot do their work in winter, but, uh, you know, still have some small, you know, budget allocated to hiring, you know, still bring people in the hiring process. You know, you might interview somebody here in, in January, but you don't have work until March. Now, if you wait to talk to them in March or April, it's too late. The other companies have already hired them. So you want to keep nurturing them during those few months. And kind of promise them, hey, you got to have a job April 1st or March 1st. So really, it's all about continuously hiring every month, decreasing budget when you don't have enough work, but never stop hiring because you might get comfortable 
and say, hey, we're good. We don't, we're, our team is perfect. We don't need more people. Suddenly two people leave out of the blue. Yeah. Now you're two techs down, you know, which hits your revenue, hits your capability to service more customers. So, you know, even if we're not hiring immediately now, we are continuously attracting candidates in doing interviews. And then sometimes we see, we find a diamond in the rough. Mm. And we have this, you know, employee, the C player employee that's not performing. We just haven't fired them yeah. for pure grace of God. We haven't. Yeah, fired we have, them. you know, Hey, if you're listening live or on the replay or on Spotify or Apple and, um, and you've had a C player for a period of time that you did not let go of and you should have leave us a review, a comment, something, uh, because I know for a fact we've all had those. And if you're not yeah. admitting that, then. You're lying. You're lying. Okay. <laughs> so you, you you might have this C player just hanging in there and you suddenly, because you have this continuous hiring process, you suddenly find an A player, perfect employee. At that point, you can just, as I say, you can update or replace this mm -hmm. C player for this A player. So you're not just hiring for new employees. You're hiring to replace C players that are just hanging by the thread. So you have those, I have those. I'm always looking for the best ones. And you know, when you have great employees, you have gr uh, great clients, you can retain this revenue, you can increase revenue, you can charge more. So it, it is in your best interest to continuously hire to find the better, best people to do the job. Yeah, and also too, um, you know, I learned from uh, uh, Brandon Vaughn that um, to develop like this weekly interviewing kind of rhythm where you're always yeah. interviewing people weekly. Uh, what's interesting is your current team members are going to be aware of that and they're going to see oh, yeah. you constantly interviewing people and they're like, holy moly, like, man, these guys are just on the, on the hunt for, for great people. I better, I better step my, you know, yep. my stuff up. Do you find that kind of a reality as well? Where, yeah. you know, when the companies are constantly hiring, it kind of keeps the, the company's current team members on their, on their toes a little bit. Definitely. Uh, and they are, you know, in back of their heads is always like, I, I'm going to be replaced. Who's the next person that's leaving, why they're hiring. And that keeps them alert and, you know, performing well. And if you kind of get comfortable and don't hire and don't talk to new employees, these employees are going to say, oh, this guy is never going to hire anyone. We can just relax, take it easy and not perform well. So I think we always think about selling more service, right? And that's obviously very crucial. But if we think a lot more or as equally hard on hiring, that's when the business really grows. Because we have this, again, these two funnels that we have to constantly bring applicants and, and customers. Most of the time, we're always inclined to just more customers, more customers. But the reality is that you have to have both constantly in, in, you know, in a rhythm in order to grow the business. Otherwise you're going to have too much work, not enough employees or vice versa. And it's very hard to keep this balance very hard, but I rather have a bit more employees, a bit more, uh, than, you know, than being rejecting a lot of work. Yeah, man. Um, okay. So in, in, in closing here a little bit, I've, I've got a couple of rapid fire questions that I want to jump yeah. into. Um, number one, business book and why for you? Uh, I got a lot of ones, uh, but I think one of the most crucial ones was the Ameth back in mm -hmm. 20, uh, 20 years ago, uh, where, you know, 
it really explains how you can get out of the rat race and, and build a you know a running business that kind of runs on its own. So I continued uh, continuously. There you go. <laughs> Read that book. I got it right uh, here. It's just amazing. It changed my life completely. Uh, there's other great books that I've come for, but I, I think that book is really the cornerstone of you know mm. of any small business. Yeah, I've I I haven't heard one person ever say anything bad about that book. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. When did you first read that one? I think this was probably 18, 19 years ago when I was starting wow. the company. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. When wow. Michael Gerber was young. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Cause I just, I just read it and got a couple of years ago. So it's always interesting talking to people yeah. that have read this, have like known the knowledge for a long time. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. okay. So that's best book, um, or business book. Um, best event, like business event that you've gone to over the years um, and why? In the industry or in general? Yeah, yeah, like a, you know, like a 10X growth con or, or funnel hacking live or yeah. EOS meeting or just any event like that that's been impactful and, 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 and why. And it can't be, you know, it can't be uh, a Cinco de Mayo, okay? You know, it can't be any, any uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, I, I think this year the ISSA event uh, in Las Vegas really impacted me a lot. Um, that was my first time. So for many years, I ignored this show. And, you know, it's mostly a convention with products and vendors. And But I was able to see how big industry is in general. Mm. And this is just cleaning and, you know, facilities, maintenance. And it's just a tip of the iceberg. But I said, gosh, we're in a huge business. Cleaning is huge. And, you know other commercial other uh, companies doing services so the the event really impacted me it really opened my eyes to like hey we can we can build more stuff we can help more companies with our software with our products so that was the most impactful so far this year okay love that um and isaa what What's that stand for? The international. I mean, they say it's the inter oh, international sanitary supply association. Okay. Very Nobody cool. says okay. it that way. It's just ISSA, but it's, it's a worldwide conference for cleaning in general, commercial and residential. Okay. Um, next question, uh, and I have just a few more, is yeah. um, favorite movie of all time and why? Gosh, there's so many movies out there. <laughs> Give me some ideas of what you've gotten before. <laughs> well, you got comedy, right? You got, you know, you got, you got comedy, you've got suspense, you know, you've got, a, like for me, probably a favorite movie all, you know, of all time, you know, I'll just share with you is um probably remember the titans um you know it was a, it was a high school football movie and it was all about the white kids oh, yeah, and the I black remember. kids kind of played football together and how they united each other anyways it, growing up you know i played football and so that was really really cool for me um but anyways you know it could be anything man comedy business you know uh now you mentioned i think um wills meets uh it was one of my favorite actors for sure uh his movie where he's uh he's selling stocks remember he he gets into stock the, oh, the wolf of wall street no will smith oh oh movies it's in san francisco it happens that's um happiness or it's uh yeah yeah the pursuit of happiness there you go oh that's a great movie oh gosh great movie. that movie I, I identify myself a lot with that movie because you know i had to do a lot of that you know mm. dirty work uh mm -hmm just knocking on doors, getting a lot of rejection. And, you know, I lived in San Francisco too, you know, back in 
2001, excuse me, 2001. And uh, so I, you know, I walked some of those streets and uh, oh. I was really connected by that movie. It's like, you know, every everything worth getting in life, it takes, takes a lot of work. And that movie is really that story of, you know, hardship and then eventually with persistence, how you get to, you know, achieve your dreams. Yeah. I remember that scene where it was him and his son in the, in the, in the bathroom. And, oh, um, he, 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 he had a, you know, there was someone trying to use the restroom. He's just, yeah. he's just, he just, it's closed, you know? And I, yeah, I, I and, love that. Movie he's telling movie. all these stories to him. you remember it's like, mm -hmm. like dinosaurs and things of that nature that are out there and, and you know the kid was just really in, enjoying the moment but mm -hmm. you know will was just really crushed inside mm -hmm. so you know now that i have kids i, I mean i, I wouldn't understand mm -hmm. how how hard it is to go through that with your you know mm -hmm. small kids yeah i know it uh okay that's cool okay so final question final one yeah here. um if you could go back to your younger self right what piece or one piece of advice that you would give um, your 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 starting out entrepreneur young self? Um, what would the one piece of advice that you'd give that that kid, that boy, that man, um, knowing what you know now? I think that behind your talents, there's really the the golden key for for your success. Um, you know, we we go through school, we learn different trades, different skills. But really, you know, where you find that talent and you enjoy doing something, uh, that's that will be my advice. Like really focus on finding what you love to do and what you have talent and really merging them together to build something, some type of company, some type of product. Because that's what's really going to sustain you over time. You know, when you love something that you're doing and you have talent and maybe you're not making enough money, it's just a matter of time before you really start to grow a company or product so focus really on that and, and you know avoid wasting time in, in anything else that will be my my advice for younger juan or love anyone. it man love <laughs> it um yeah. all right so if, if people want to reach out to you um i imagine um you can let us know the best places for them to reach out but this is the sure. website right uh let me see the screen again that is our help page but yeah if they hit uh if you go to visit pipe hire on the right button yeah that's kind of our, our product um you know we have a live chat section there uh yeah there you go uh my obviously i'm not in the chat every day but luis my partners are there and uh but you know if facebook i'm always one. out there <laughs> i'm always on facebook uh you can find me just through my name or instagram just at Juan Chaparro. That will be my handle. And uh, just happy to connect and see if we can help you guys grow to the next stage. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your effort here. Um, and mm -hmm. congratulations on everything, man. Um, it's been a thank pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely, thank man. You. Great connecting. All right, guys. Stay tuned. Uh, next uh, week, we'll have somebody on. Um, next week, we actually have, um, and one, I'm not sure if you heard of this guy, but uh, Patrick Carr from Blue Collar Media Group. Patrick Carr with a C or a K? With a C, it's C-A-R-R. -R. You got to check him out. He has some amazing video production solutions for home service companies. Great right. guy to, to connect with. But 
super pumped to interview um, and talk about video creation, content creation for your home service company next week with Patrick Carr. Uh, go give him a follow online. He's got a pretty good following. He's he's pretty strong and big. You know, his arms are pretty big. You know, they're a little bit bigger than mine. Um, so he's kind of a big dude. And uh, but he talks amazing, amazing stuff around content creation for a home service company. Super excited. No, um, I never heard of him. We're going to check him out. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Have a great week. Talk to you guys soon. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.